Hello and welcome to the One Fit Woman podcast. I am your coach Aileen and today is episode three. So I'm going to kick things off. Okay, so the first thing I wanted to talk about today was photos, progress photos with your check-ins. A lot of people have not been sending any progress photos and while that is fine for me to not receive them, it's important for you to still take them and make sure that you're doing that. Um, It's just one of the other tools alongside scale weight and measurements that we use to track progress over time. So although sometimes the scale weight may not change, measurements may not change, body composition might change. So having those photos there to be able to look back and assess is really a valuable tool. So please make sure that even if you're not sending them to me, that you are still taking them. It's really important. However, it would be great to receive them because obviously this helps to give me an understanding of how you're doing so that I can coach you in a better way. So um, yeah, please do continue to take your photos and keep them in your records. Um, Okay, so next. Um, Okay, so getting off track or hitting maintenance calories by accident or planned, as an example, when you're on holiday, events, or birthdays, etc. So what I mean, or what I wanted to talk about with this is you don't have to be losing weight and dieting every single week. Um, It's okay to have a week or two weeks where these things don't change because you didn't stay within your calorie targets. Perhaps there's also, you did stay within them, but there's some water retention and other things going on. Um, Or, as I mentioned, you've gone away on holiday and you've decided to um, give yourself a break from the dieting phase and you are in maintenance. A few weeks of not losing weight doesn't mean planned or unplanned that you have ruined everything it just means that you are maintaining your current weight and you can still improve and go back into the dieting phase so so many people have one week that they consider to be a bad week and they say that they have ruined everything but you haven't ruined everything it's perfectly okay to not lose weight every week It just means that it may take a little bit longer for you to reach your goal, but that may have been needed. You may have needed to spend time with friends for your mental health. You may have been on a holiday and wanted to enjoy yourself and consume a little bit more food. So please don't worry or think that you've ruined everything when you go through a week where you maintain your weight or even gain a little bit. You can still get back on track and continue working towards your goals. You don't have to say, it's all ruined, I can't do this, it's not working, and stop. Because stopping is the only way that you stop working towards your goals. Um, Okay, next. Um, Changing your calories. Okay, so I rarely recommend that somebody changes their calories. So I get a lot of questions from people having one week 
or two weeks where nothing has changed and then they say to me, shall I change my calories? Shall I bring them down? And as I said, I rarely recommend this. Um, very often people want to bring their calories down and change things, but they haven't actually done all of the things required consistently to be moving towards their goal. So I will never suggest that somebody changes their calories unless they can say that they have had three weeks where nothing has changed, but they have hit all of their targets or checked all of their boxes. And they can honestly say that they have done that. Very often people will say, this week or these last two weeks, nothing has changed. I haven't lost any weight. I wanna bring my calories down. And when I see their feedback, they haven't tracked their calories every day. They've been away for the night, for the weekend. They've had a birthday and they want to bring their calories down. And they're asking me, well, it's not working. So why can't I just bring, can I bring them down? But having one or two days where you're not hitting your targets means that you haven't been consistent. And that is probably the reason why you haven't progressed towards your goal because you haven't been able to hit your targets. Um, I think that people think if they have one or two meals out one night away, surely that won't ruin everything, or as I said, not ruin, but surely that won't take me off track at all. Um, I'll, I'll still be in a deficit. I only had one or two extra meals. But in actual fact, it very well could have made the average for each day go up to maintenance or more. So you have in fact not stayed within your calorie targets. Another reason why I won't, sorry, my fridge has just started making a really loud noise and it never does that. Um, anyway, I'm gonna continue through. Um, another reason why I rarely recommend that somebody changes their calories is if your weight is going down. So some people say, I haven't lost weight fast enough this week or last week or over the last few weeks. I wanna reduce my calories. But if you are losing weight, then don't change anything because we want you to be working through this progress losing weight on as many calories as possible because this is going to help to make the journey easier the journey sustainable and to enable you to maintain your results long term once you get to the end of your journey and we do the reverse diet where we bring your calories up but if we're starting from a higher point then that's going to be an easier process so i hope that that makes sense okay moving on next is it possible to use a cup to measure my food instead of counting calories? So after having feedback from this question from the person that answered it, um, I think she's looking at it in two ways. So first of all, tracking calories by measuring your food, whether you use a cup and you input a cup of rice or a cup of vegetables is okay. Just using a cup to measure and not track your calories can also be okay, but not as, if, as effective. So if you were to say, I'm not gonna track calories, but I'm just gonna use cups to measure everything, then if you consistently did that, it may take longer to work out if you're gaining or losing, because you obviously don't have that statistical data, those numbers, but you could say, okay, I have a cup of everything over the last three weeks and my weight hasn't changed. So that means I'll have three quarters of a cup of everything 
in the coming weeks and maybe my weight will change. So you can gauge it like that. And obviously if you were losing weight, then you would just stick to the, the, the cups. It doesn't really teach you about the actual energy in the food. So the calories in the types of food you're eating. And that's really important going into this long term. Because when you finish and you decide one day to stop using cups, I mean, I guess you could still see the portion sizes, but you wouldn't understand the different energy values in the different types of macronutrients, um, you know, rice compared to veggies or how much, how many calories are in an ice cream and so on and so forth. Um, but it can be done. Next. Is it normal to gain 2 kg from hormones and bloating? So the answer to that is yes, it can be completely normal to gain weight from hormones. So PMS symptoms will, will mean that you could retain more water weight, not fat. And yes, bloating can also cause an increase in water weight or sometimes a little bit of gas. Now, the thing that I would look at is if you're constantly feeling bloated and saying, oh, I'm bloated, so this weight gain is just from bloated, is really to look at why you're getting bloated and how you can try to prevent that. So some of the reasons why you might be experiencing bloating are over-consuming salt, which helps, which enables you to retain more water, um, eating a lot of carbohydrates, in particular the simple carbohydrates, white flour, bread, rice, pasta, um, although potato is a complex carbohydrate, it does digest faster. So that means that when these foods go into your digestive system faster, that water that comes with these molecules of energy will attach the water weight to it and you will get an increase very quickly. So that can lead to bloating. I hope that that just made sense. Um, if you overeat, then yes, you might get bloating again. Um, sodas, so they can have a lot of bubbles in them which can create gas, which can create bloating. The same with if you eat too quickly, um, you swallow air, and that can cause bloating. Then we come to things like, um, well, I can't read my notes. Ah, constipation can cause bloating. So if you're constipated, that could be another reason why your weight has increased. Um, lactose intolerance, so eating those foods that contain lactose, dairy, milk, cream, ice cream, and these sorts of things. If you are, only if you are lactose intolerant, um, then you may find that you get symptoms from that. And then there's also the FODMAPs. So some fruits and veg, whole grain dairies that some people are find that they have uh, issues with. Sorry, just bear with me one moment. So, um, yeah, these are short chain carbohydrates or sugars. Um, that the small intestine absorbs poorly and some people experience digestive distress after eating them. And the only way to know if you have that is to do a food elimination diet where you really pay attention to when you feel this bloating comes and what you ate before and making a note of it and then taking that food out of your diet for uh, around, I think they do it for about two weeks and seeing if you get an improvement and then you know that you need to 
avoid that food type if you want to avoid the bloating from the FODMAP food. Again, I hope that made sense. Right, we're moving on now. Are, are diet foods any good for weight loss? So, a lot of people think that if they buy, go to the supermarket and they just buy foods that say diet, diet food or low fats or whatever it is, um, that, that or skinny cookies or things like this, that that in itself will be enough to help you start to lose weight, belly fat, body fat, whatever it is. When in actual fact, as we know, it's the, the way that we lose weight is based on energy balance. So all of those diet foods have energy. And if you overconsume any food and you take yourself into a surplus energy balance, then your weight will increase. So again, our diet foods, good. They don't do anything. It's exactly the same as eating any food. They may have slightly fewer calories, but they also may not um, because a lot of these diet foods will have less carbohydrates in them, but there'll be an increase in fats. So they're still quite high in calories. So um, it's a little bit uh, misleading and, and, and obviously confusing. So I would just say you can buy these foods if you like them, but they don't help to you to diet or lose weight in a faster way. What is the ideal weekly weight loss? What is the ideal weekly weight loss? So a lot of people want to know how much weight they're going to lose from week to week. The ideal weekly weight loss isn't set. I mean, if you Google it, things will come up. But it depends on, first of all, your starting point, how much weight you have to lose you know, your stats, your height, your age, your weight, your activity levels, all determine how much weight is feasible for you to lose each weight, each week. So we would say that roughly 0.5 to 1 kg a week, but 1 kg a week is really, really, really the top, top end. And if you were looking more around 0.5 kg a week, then that would be an, a normal range. But again, if you have more weight to lose, then it means that you will be losing weight on higher calories, which means that you may get more of a weight loss each week. And if you're quite small and your calories are quite low, then it might be less. It's just the way that this works dependent on you and your body stats. Um, how can I get rid of belly fat so a lot of people start to lose weight um, and the scale goes down some of the measurements change but they still find that they've got a lot of fat around maybe the arms the belly I've, I've obviously this question is belly but you know the thighs the hips and that is just fat that you will start to lose the longer you are in a calorie deficit, a negative energy balance. There's nothing that you can do to specifically lose fat from any part of your body. It just doesn't work like that. I mean, if you really think about it, how, how could you possibly spot reduce fat from any part of your body? And I think this comes, and people think that they can do this because of all the rubbish on social media. 
but also the miss the not understanding the difference between muscle and fat being two different things so if i pinch my belly and i can feel fat i can't do sit-ups and to make what i'm pinching just go hard and flat it doesn't work like that you know we get ourselves into a negative energy balance we start to lose body fat and then we use that excrete that via urination sweating or exhalation so that goes and then we start to see i guess what's underneath the muscle that's there in our body the other tissues so we can't spot reduce belly fat if that makes sense in that from, from that in that way so the only thing that you can do is just continue to stay within your calorie deficit and obviously areas of your body that are bigger are going to look like they're losing weight slower um, if i have a really really naturally small waist when I start to lose weight, that waist will start to look smaller. But if I've got really big hips or legs or arms, those places, it's all relative. It's all gonna, it's like having um, a sculpture where you sculpt an even amount of everything. And the bits that are smaller get smaller and the bits that are bigger get smaller slower. So I hope that that also makes sense. Um, we cannot spot reduce or get rid of any fat on our body in a faster way than any other part of our body. Um, this is quite short. I don't know if I've been talking super quickly, but that's uh, not a bad thing. Okay, so the last thing I wanted to talk about was to be coachable. I think it's important just to understand how and what that means. So from my standpoint, being coachable is something that I've heard a lot, especially as a personal trainer. When we do training courses, we're often told that we need to be coachable. So there are a lot of people out there, and I'll bring up again social media because that's really where we find and see a lot of our information. We find a lot of influencers and people that we like to listen to and listen to their opinions. There are lots and lots of people on social media that are not coachable. That means that they only believe in their method as being the right method for fat loss, for exercise, whatever it is, and they're not coachable. So as new evidence and research comes out, they don't acknowledge it because their way is the only way. They're not coachable. And as a coach, we have to be coachable. So I might believe something and I might have been taught it, but then new re research and evidence might come out to to disprove what I believe. And then I have to listen to the new research and change my views, okay? Um, so that I can offer the best service to my clients with the most relevant and current up-to-date information. And I wanted to put this across to the people that I work with and people that listen um, about you being coachable. And, you know, you can only be coached if you are coachable. So this means sharing honest feedback, in order to receive feedback to help you move forward and grow. So um, when it comes to check-ins and things, some people might avoid them if they feel that they haven't had a good week. But that is really when, as a coach, I'm here to help you. You know, when you're struggling with something, if you just say, nah, not going to check in this week, so I haven't had a good week. You know, I'm not a teacher looking to be like, oh, A+, plus, A+, plus, A+. Plus. No, I'm looking for you to tell me you know, what 
you couldn't do because as a coach I have experience to be able to help you overcome the struggles and the obstacles and help you move forward and by not checking in you could lose a whole week just feeling like kind of disappointed or like I'm going to get back on track and then I'm going to check in whereas that whole week you know you could be going through it with a far better mindset a far better skill set to help you navigate whatever issues it is that you have come up against so always check in always try and be as honest as you can always try to do your self-assessment which is really what the check-in is for you to look at the past week and see where you were unable to stay within your targets or check or tick your boxes recognize those things and then feed that back to me so that i can then hopefully give you um tips and advice to move forward and past these things that may have come up. I hope all of that makes sense. I've said that so many times. <laughs> um, I hope you all have a great week. It's a short one. Um, please send any questions that you have about absolutely anything whatsoever um, and have a fantastic week. And I will speak to you in episode four. And for my clients, I will speak to you before then at your check-ins. 